I think one of the best moments back in the day when I was playing football in high school was when it would be halftime and you'd be sitting there in the locker room and the coach would come in and he would slap me on the side of the helmet. You could do that back then. It wasn't abuse or anything like that. It was encouragement, actually. You'd slap the side of the helmet and hear, good job, Bobby K, good job. I loved hearing that. Those words of affirmation. And friends, I think this morning in this Bible reading that we had this morning, that's what Jesus is doing with his disciples. He went up on the mountainside and he huddled them up. And he's affirming them. He huddled them up there on the mountainside. It says the disciples gather around him. And there he is in the middle of his disciples, those 12 that he's been doing life with and teaching and instructing and and that he's invited them into the kingdom of, of heaven. And they've been living it out as they walk with him. And Jesus sits there and he gives them a fist bump. And he's like, blessed, man. Matthew, blessed are you. Peter, blessed. John, blessed. You guys, blessed, man. Blessed are you guys. And Jesus is affirming his disciples as he says to them, blessed are you. Blessed are you. I love this passage. Eight times Jesus, like a coach, looks in his disciples' face and says to them, you who are following me, you are blessed. The word blessed is makarios. And the, the, the mood of the, the word here is not an imperative, uh, but it's an indicative. Now those of you who love language, uh, you're just soaking that in. The rest of us are like, oh, headache, right? Well, th- what that means is an imperative is a command, right? It's a command, something that you must do. Do this. That's an imperative. That's not what we have here. Jesus is not giving imperatives. He's not saying, do this list and you'll be blessed. If you just are a peacemaker, you'll be blessed. If you would just strive in your heart with everything that you got and and try to be pure in heart, you'll be blessed. He's not giving us a list of commands, but rather what Jesus is giving us is a list of the way things are. That's far different, and we've got to recognize that. Because a lot of people come to this passage known as the Beatitudes, and they see it as a checklist of things that we need to do to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's not what's going on here. They're circled up, and Jesus is looking them in the face, and he's saying, you are blessed because this is who you are. You are blessed. You don't try to be blessed. You are blessed in the way that you follow me. You're blessed. This verb, blessed, means, it means to, to fall under the favor of God. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a great place to be? Underneath the favor of God? That you're in a place where you experience all the goodness of God, all the riches of his kingdom, everything that God has to offer, it's being heaped upon you. That's what this blessed is. You're right there. And God is showing all his his favor, and he's, and he's showing, and, he, and he's throwing it upon you. And, and you are, are blessed because God is, he's, he's bringing you uh, comfort. God is, uh, he is bringing, uh, he's feeding you. You're going to be filled. God is showing you his mercy. God is, is, is allowing you to walk in a relationship with him where you can see him face to face. 
God is uh, uh, calling you his, his child. Uh, it's a place of blessing. I hope you begin to see that, that he's saying, this is who you are. You are blessed because you are a Christ follower. You are blessed because you have walked with me. And this is now who you are. You're sitting in a place where our great God is, is just shining his favor upon you. And I hope that's a place that you are this morning. Can you say that? That if you were gathered around sitting at Jesus' feet, that he would lean out to you with a little fist bump and look at you and go, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Are you in a place of, of blessing this morning? I guess that's the question that I have for you as we read this part of the Sermon on the Mount. Are you blessed? These are words of celebration. This is who we are. So often we're dour as Christians and we're kind of sad and we think, oh my goodness, following Jesus means, you know, I can't have any fun. It's such a, such a drudgery. It's like this big monkey we have on our back. But look what's going on here. Jesus is saying, uh-uh, you follow me, you're blessed because you are sitting underneath the favor of God. And how incredible and how awesome is that and I hope each of you can say, that's where I'm sitting today. Do you have that assurance right now? Because I think as we wrestle with that question, because that's a tough question to wrestle with, isn't it? Am I blessed? Am I sitting in a place where I have the favor of God? Where God is blessing me? I, I think the first thing that we have to recognize is that uh, if we want to be in a place of blessing, it happens in the kingdom of God. The place of blessing is in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, sometimes are used interchangeably, but Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven, which I probably should have fixed my slide there and said kingdom of heaven. That's what Matthew uses, primarily because he's writing to a Jewish audience who really didn't use the name God. A lot. So Matthew says the kingdom of heaven. But either way we say this word, kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, that is where blessing is found. It is found in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is that, uh, we get this with that idea of kingdom, this, it's, a, it's a territory, it's that area, it's that, that place where the reign of God so all this down here, you fall under the favor of God as long as you're in this territory, as long as you're in this kingdom, as long as you're within these boundaries, this is where God's favor falls. And if you're in that kingdom, you'll be blessed, says Jesus. That's just who you are when you're in this kingdom. And those disciples were in the kingdom. And Jesus says, you guys are blessed. We, we get this idea, don't we, of the kingdom uh, uh, and needing to be in the kingdom to be blessed because many of us I have no doubt have been to the magic kingdom right the magic kingdom the happiest place on earth and also the place that takes the most money from you on earth right <laughs> but you go to the magic kingdom and soon as you cross the boundary into the magic kingdom you become un you come into the territory and under the presence and under the favor of all things Disney. Soon as you enter, uh, all the fonts change to Disney. All the colors change to happy colors. 
All of a sudden you see all these cartoon characters all around you everywhere you go. It is the happiest place on earth. There is no crime. There is no pollution. There is no uh, pain of any sort. Everybody is happy. You dream. You imagine. That's Disney. It's a place where you can buy yourself ears and wear them around and nobody looks at you like you're crazy. You can buy a, a goofy snout and have it on and wear it all day. And as guys, you can wave at each other. But you wear that goofy snout in Home Depot on the day before an ice storm, and I'll tell you, you're not under the reign of Disney. People are looking at you like you're nuts. The Disney thing only works when you're in the Disney kingdom. We get that. We get the kingdom, and that's what we have here. The kingdom of heaven is that area. It's that reign where God's favor falls. And Jesus, when he entered into the world, brought in the kingdom of God. If we notice just before Matthew 5, Jesus says in 4.17, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus says, here I am. I am God and I'm coming into the world. And so now the world is different. God is here. And there is the way of the world and now there's the way of God's kingdom. And I am here in my kingdom, and you cannot keep walking in the way of the world and be a part of my kingdom. Jesus says right at the front, you need to repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is far different than the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of heaven is where the blessings are found, not in the kingdom of the world. And Jesus says if you want the blessings, you need to be in the kingdom of heaven not in the world. To get in the kingdom of heaven, you need to repent and say, this is not where life is found. This is not where blessing is found. And I'm going to choose to live here in the kingdom of heaven. And this is a place that I will be blessed. Are you part of the kingdom of heaven this morning? Because that is where the blessings are found. And I ask this question, and before we, we jump at it too quickly and say, yes, that's me, I'm in the kingdom of heaven, let me push just a little bit. Let me push a little bit. Because there are some, and it's out there in some of the Christian literature, the word that they use is this, practical atheists. Practical atheists. And saying in many ways, the church today is living as practical atheists. We say we believe. We say we're part of the kingdom of heaven, right? And, but what we do, when you look at a, a, our life, there are some ways that we engage that. We'll put on the form of that. We'll, we'll show up to worship once or twice a month. We'll give a little bit of our resources. We'll maybe uh, serve and help a little bit, say some prayers before meals. And so we'll do some things that sort of shape us into the, that make us look a little bit like the kingdom. But practically, how we live day in and day out, we're not part of the kingdom of God. Practically, how we live, we live as if there is no God. We live as if we are part of the kingdom of the world. We say there is no God in the way that we live. And Jesus confronts that right here. He confronts it right here. Because he comes right out and he said, blessed are those, let's for example, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We have many who the first thing you're thinking about when you get up in the morning, how can I make more money? How can I be more popular? How can I have more pleasure today? 
How can I have more fun? Those are the things that you're hungering and thirsting for. You're not hungering and thirsting for the kingdom. You're hungering and thirsting for God, for the things of the world. We see a world where people uh, take a stand and they come firing out on Facebook and they're taking their position here and they're pushing there and they're declaring this and they're raising banners here and signs here. And then God says, blessed are the peacemakers. We think we can do it ourselves if I just am good enough, if I just uh, earn enough money, if I just follow enough rules. I'll be okay with that. And, but God comes along here and he says, you know what? You need to be meek. You need to be humble. But instead, here we are, we're prideful and we stand for ourselves. Can you begin to see how this challenges us? We say that we're part of the kingdom of God, but let's look through these eight qualities here and ask ourselves, am I really part of the kingdom? Or am I living for the kingdom of the world? If you want to know which kingdom you're living in, one of the easy checks is to look at your wallet. Another easy check is to look at your time. Where is your time going? Where is your wallet? Where is that being spent? Is it being spent with the kingdom of God? Or is it being spent in the kingdom of the world? Because they're different. Jesus says you've got to repent of this to get over here, to be part of this kingdom. And parents, too. Let me challenge you as parents. Practically, are you raising your kids like there's no God? That you don't believe in God? Because you're pushing them to be the star athlete. You're pushing them to have the highest grades and get in the best college. You're pushing them so that they can earn the most money they can. You're pushing them for every accolade of the world as if that's where the blessing is. But the truth of the scripture is blessing is not found in the world. It's found in the kingdom of heaven. Are you living according to the kingdom of heaven? Or are you living towards the kingdom of the world? I love just the example that we just had here with Andy and Marie up here, just saying that we have our time, right? That's a commodity. And I'm gonna, I have this time commodity, and the world's value tells me I need to use my time. I need to maximize my time. I need to be time efficient. I need to use it in a way that will propel my future forward. But instead, they took their time and said, you know what, my time is part of the kingdom of God. I don't know where we're go how we're going to do this, but, but we know the priority of the kingdom is that we love. We know the priority of the kingdom is that we care. We know the priority of the kingdom is that we show mercy, and we're going to make room in our life to show mercy, and we're going to give our time. And at the end of the day, they were blessed. At the end of the day, they were blessed. They wouldn't have traded their time in any other way. Are you part of the kingdom of heaven, or are you part of the kingdom of world? That's a really a tough one to ask ourselves, because Jesus says we can't love them both. He says you can't. In fact, he says you got to have a pure heart. You either got to love God. You got to love God. That's it. You cannot love the world and God. You're going to love one and hate the other or despise one and, you know, love the other. Jesus says you got to love God. Right from the very beginning, God said, love me with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's what brings us into the kingdom of heaven. Are your values, are your priorities, are they part of the kingdom of heaven? The second thing that I see uh, that I think I need to bring out in this passage is this, that, that the place of blessing is in the kingdom of heaven. And I'm almost going a little backwards here, so follow me on this. The place of blessing is the kingdom of heaven, but how we move into the kingdom of heaven 
How we get there, because he's like, yeah, I want to be part of that kingdom of heaven, is through a transformed heart. It's through a transformed heart. The path to blessing is through a transformed heart because the blessing happens in the kingdom of God, but the way that we end up in the kingdom of God is through a transformed heart. And that's what we see here in this passage. Jesus isn't saying to his disciples, you are part of the kingdom because you checked all the right boxes. You did all the right religious things. In fact, that's the Pharisees. Uh, We're going to hear more about them as we move our way through the Sermon on the Mount. The Pharisees were trying to check the boxes. In fact, they had 619 laws. And they said, if I do these 619 things and I keep them, well, you know what that makes me? That makes me pretty well, pretty righteous, pretty holy. I can earn my way into the kingdom of heaven. I can do the right things and get myself into the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus looks at him and goes, you know what, guys? You're whitewashed tombs. Oh, you think you're all white on the outside, but on the inside, <laughs> you're decaying and you're rotting. Imagine how well that went over with the religious leaders. Jesus calls us to a, a really high standard. But notice what this standard is. It's not that we do it, but we allow him to do it in and through us, through a transformed heart. And, and, and this was hard, hard for, for people to grasp, but even for us to grasp, because we want to do things. We think if I do things right, I'll be able to get in, and I'll be the good Christian, and I'll be in it. That's not the way it is. Remember when Jesus talked to Nicodemus? We have that encounter in John, uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. Nicodemus was one who was keeping all the rules, keeping all the religious uh, regulations. He was one that was making sure he was doing all the right things. But yet in him he was unsettled, and he came to Jesus because he heard Jesus teaching these things about the, the kingdom of heaven and about how to get into the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus was at odds with himself because he's like, yeah, I know, these rules, that's not going right for me. So Jesus, he comes and he sneaks at nighttime and has this conversation with Jesus. And uh, Jesus says to him in 3, verse 3, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus is like, wait a minute. How can someone be born again when they're old? Valid question, right? Jesus, you're losing it, pal. How do you become, how do you, how in the world am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb and then come back out? Jesus, what on earth are you talking about? How does one be born again? And Jesus said, I tell you, No one can enter the kingdom of God, in verse 5, unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Those two things, born of water, what's our symbol of water for? Baptism. Baptism and repentance. What did Jesus say? How do you get into the kingdom? Repent. It's the sign of a new life, a new beginning. I've repented of my old ways, of the ways of the world. And so my heart is not going to be wired towards the ways of the world, but towards the things of God. So I'm coming in by water and by the Spirit. And the Spirit is the very presence of Jesus coming and living and indwelling inside of me and transforming my nature inside into a heart that reflects the heart of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
And that word new is not just something that's been kind of fixed up a little bit, but it's brand new. It's an entirely new entity. You're a new creation. You were dead, (coughs) but now you are given life. A new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It's a changed heart. That's how we enter into the kingdom of heaven. And just look what Jesus says about our hearts in Matthew 5. He said, blessed are you, as he looked at the disciples, he looked at those sitting around him who were there, they were, in the, they were part of this kingdom because he could see in them their hearts. And he said, you're here because you are poor in spirit. You acknowledge that you, can't, you can never achieve your righteousness on your own, but you show up before God and say, God, I have absolutely nothing. No matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, God, my heart says, it's you. You show up and I mourn over sin. I grieve over sin. And how many of us instead want to participate in sin? How many of us say, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because I can't have fun of the world? How many of us want to take pleasure in what the world takes pleasure and enjoy what the world enjoys in? But instead, right here, he says, when we're faced with sin, our heart, because our heart is righteousness and the light cannot deal with the dark, when we see something that is dark and sinful, we begin to mourn. I want nothing to do. That's not who I am because that's not my heart. And God, as soon as we find that it's in us, we're sad, we're broken, we're crushed, we're contrite, and we say, God, will you forgive me, repent, to get into the kingdom of God. And God says, I forgive you. And we go and we sin no more, as Jesus said to the woman caught in adultery. Our hearts mourn for sin. Blessed are the meek. I show up in God's presence and I know that he is God and I am not, that he holds my life and breath in the center of his hands and I humbly come and I say, God, here I am and from now on I will serve you because I am nothing. That's my heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I have a heart that wants to walk in the right ways. Blessed are those that are merciful. I know what God has done for me. He's shown me mercy. I was a sinner. But God said, I'm going to save you. And because God showed me mercy, I now have to show mercy to others. How could I not? Because I deserve death. But God saved me, and so I have a heart that is filled with mercy. A pure in heart. I'm devoted to God and to God alone. I'm a peacemaker. And then I'll be called a children of God. Can you see the words here of how that heart is shaped? How that heart is formed? And I think what we get here is a portrait of Jesus Christ. Look at that. Look at Jesus' heart. Read the Gospels and see if line for line this doesn't match up with who Jesus is and how he was motivated and and how he lived his life. And so when the spirit of Christ is living in us, it will produce a Christ-like character, and this will be our heart. And we have this heart, then God is able to come and indwell us and fill us and change us, and as we are changed into, into new creatures, into the image of Jesus Christ, we are brought into the kingdom of heaven. And as we are in that kingdom of heaven, we are then blessed because God pours out his favor on us when we're in that kingdom. Are you blessed this morning? Do you have a transformed heart this morning so that you are in a place of blessing? And I think here's a, here's a, here's a good test. I think verses 11 and 12 
is a nice little commentary that gives us a, a nice little test. Because this is commentary. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Do people insult you? Do they persecute you? Do they falsely say all kinds of things against you because you're following Jesus Christ, because you are living by kingdom values, by you, because you are living by the character of Jesus Christ? Because when we're in the kingdom, we are living the complete opposite of the world. So is your life rubbing against the world? Is your life rubbing against the world's values, the world's priorities, the world's directives, what the world says is important? Are you rubbing against that, or do you find you just go through a normal week and everything is hunky-dory? No challenges whatsoever. Because when we're living according to the kingdom of heaven, it's a light shining in the darkness. And people will see that we are different. They will know that we are different. And we shine a light then on their sinfulness. We shine a light on the darkness. We shine a light on the way that things should be. And the world will say, I'm, oh, like a roaring lion comes Satan wanting to devour us. They'll come roaring around trying to demolish us, trying to put us down, trying to insult us, and trying to purse. Did they not do that to Jesus Christ? And Jesus says, that's what the world's going to do to you. So if you are just fine living in the world, if you're just fine, then maybe you really need to ask yourself, am I truly living in the kingdom of God? Am I living by a transformed heart? Because I think you'll be pushed against. I saw a little meme that went this week, and it, it said something to this effect. It said, um, I forgot exactly what the top title was, but it was uh, when... Um, it was, I think, for a Christian, like when you know you're in the right place because everybody else is running towards the cliff and you're running away from it and they think you're the odd one. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, right? And don't we see that in our world today? We see a world in darkness that's running towards the cliff. Look what's happening with marriage. Look what's happening with sexuality. It's running toward a cliff. And we stand in the light and say, in the kingdom of God, there is male and female. In the kingdom of God, a man loves a woman. In the kingdom of God, one man with one woman creates a family, and in that family is where life flourishes. Well, you are odd. You are on the wrong side of history. You are interpreting your scriptures wrong. They begin to push. They begin to insult. They begin to persecute you. Are you living within the kingdom of God? Because we live by different values. And you're, this is, uh, folks, we are just, we are just <laughs> opening it up. We got two months of good stuff coming our way. But Jesus is saying, this is, I'm telling you, this is who lives in the kingdom of God. And that's the question that we're going to be asking ourselves as we keep th moving through these different months. And so I think before us today is, is really, uh, I think there's a response here. And the response is this, that Jesus came up the mountainside and he sat down and his disciples came to him and he's teaching his disciples. 
And he's giving them a high five and they're celebrating. He's giving them a fist bump and saying, blessed are you because you are following me. You're in the kingdom with me. You are a, a child of God. You're going to inherit the kingdom of God. Notice how it's bookended. Uh, verse 3 and verse 10. This is people who are in the kingdom of God and that's you and you're blessed. And I just want to affirm you this morning. And maybe Jesus is doing that for you this morning. You're like, that's my life. That's where I'm at. Just let Jesus fist bump you this morning and say, way to go. Way to go. I'm so glad you're in the kingdom. You are blessed in the kingdom and keep going. Because you know what? This is where life is found, in the kingdom. But the disciples weren't the only ones there. There also was a, a crowd that was around them. And we see, oh, when we get to the end in chapter 7, it said in 728, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority. So maybe there also was the crowd that's there. Not only was Jesus giving a, a, an affirmation and proclamation to his disciples saying, well done, but he's also offering an invitation to the crowd. And that invitation to the crowd is, I want you to be part of the kingdom. I want you to be part of the kingdom. But here clearly how you get into the kingdom, it's repent and turn from the world, have your heart transformed, and that's how you get in. Because I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to God except through me. That's what Jesus says. And I want you to hear that invitation this morning. And if you're here and you recognize that, yeah, I am part of the world. My values are part of this world. I am a practical atheist. I know right now, if Jesus were here, he would not fist bump me and say, I'm blessed because I'm living by the world. Then I just want you to hear Jesus' invitation today to come to him, to come through him into the kingdom. And you just simply open up your heart and open up your life, and you come through the water and you say, Jesus, I've been wrong. I've been living the wrong way. I want to live according to your purposes. And Jesus, will you send your spirit to begin to fill me? Begin to fill me and transform me so I can be part of the kingdom of God. I'd love for you to have that assurance today. And so maybe you just need, as we end the service here, just to close your eyes and just get right with Jesus. Get one-on-one -on -one with God. And just say, come into my life today. Maybe that's for you. But my hope is that as we begin to read this, that all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ would be able to hear the words of our master sitting among us, blessing us, and giving us the assurance that when this life is over, this temporary life is over, we, his children, are going to inherit the kingdom of God.